Sorry, I didn't mean to call you a bitch. You called me a bitch, and it's okay for now. But you will be ruined later. <laughs> you will be ruined. So I have to turn my AC off. My fucking fingers are cold. Not that That's, I need them I'm for this, jealous. but still. Yeah, you don't need fingers. You don't need fingers. Honestly, you can be jealous, but like for so long, I was always the one in the hotter room sexually. Oh, yeah. So like sexually. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, every recording prior to this one Good. was done with strippers in your room. Yeah, I'm Male honestly surprised female. you didn't hear the background sound. Yeah, just the guys we this here's the thing this is a whole new chase and chloe it's not we have a spreadsheet it's worse that has suggested shows who suggested that show color coded which we don't have a color code for when it's not one of us so that's kind of fucked and we have an actual schedule of our shit the thing that hasn't changed is you can hear chase typing the intro in the background it's never because he change. never writes it it's before never <laughs> yeah no that's fair that's not that's too much to expect that's honestly too much to expect. It's, yeah, but it just, it just got. I'm just excited for this season. It's going to be a good season. Are you done with the intro? No. Keep keep ramping, <laughs> keep vamping, keep vamping, keep keep vamping, vamp, vamp, vamp more. Vamp. I mean, I can just cut vamp. out. I can just no, cut no, no, no. We out. don't cut anything anymore. Vamp. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to season four of Back to the Pilot. I'm Chase, and I'm Chloe. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was yawning before it, and I wanted to, like, when you said season four, I really wanted to go, yeah! And then you I decided have. not to. You could have done, yeah. I could have done it, and now it's ruined. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to season four of Back to the Pilot. I'm Chase. And I'm Chloe. And we're here to kick this season off with some sports dramas with Friday Night Lights and Ted Lasso. So sit back and relax as we take you back to the pilot. That was well done. If you weren't so nasally and sick, I would have thought it was uh, a great intro, but it wasn't. I'm talk about Friday Night Lees. Friday Night Lees. All right, I did Friday Night Lights. I really did, and I this was this was a show that I had never watched before. Uh, like, have you ever watched this? I have. I watched so uh, Nicole Hensley, whom we both yes. know, her family into the show and i watched it we watched it like on her senior trip like graduation trip and like i was kind of into it but my first experience of friday night lights was actually the movie and i then i like went back like i think like a year ago i was like oh i'm gonna try and give friday night lights another chance because it like popped on netflix mm -hmm. and i was like oh so i watched like, the first season and it was i liked it but it wasn't enough for me to want to keep watching yeah. honestly yeah i look i i think like my my like high school girlfriend watched this show I I never mm -hmm. I'd never seen an episode. I was like I don't I don't get. By the them. way, Chase's high school girlfriend was a pillow. Was a pillow. I saw her many times. <laughs> saw her many times. No, but my my high school <laughs> girlfriend was like super into these like high school drama shows and whatnot, and I didn't get it. Uh, but I never watched this show. I was like, hmm, it might take place on Fridays, and then in parentheses <laughs> I wrote PM question mark maybe at night, <laughs> uh, and then I wrote maybe some lights involved. That's the extent of my knowledge about that. I mean, I knew it was about American high school football, but. Oh, okay. I was like, you have to have known that yeah, at yeah. the very least, right? Like, I knew the general consensus or the general idea mm -hmm. of the show, not consensus, uh, but the general idea of the show. Uh, but I, I look, learning about this show is very interesting. So I'm actually pretty excited to get into it. Oh, okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. 
No. <clears throat> Too bad. You don't even have to talk. True. So Friday Night Lights, first episode, pilot episode, pilot. Love that title. Never gets old. Mm. Uh, it originally aired on October 3rd, 2006 on uh, NBC. And if you want to go watch it, uh, like Chloe said, you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, you can also watch it on Hulu and Prime Video with subscriptions. Uh, and then it's also available for purchase. And I didn't I didn't write this down because you can't watch the first episode. But weirdly, there are two episodes of the show available for free on Sling TV. Uh, I think it's season what? one, episode 15 and 16. <laughs> um why i don't know i don't what it's kind of like it's like that weird like you like you're on a plane and they're like oh we have free tv for you to watch and it's like you're like okay i'll watch bob's burgers and it's like season five episode four and then five and six and then i'm not gonna lie never have never have i ever experienced that it's weird on a plane um but moving on uh the synopsis for the show is a drama that follows the lives of the dylan panthers one of the nation's best high school football teams and their head coach eric taylor Uh, And then for the episode, new head coach Eric Taylor finds his every move scrutinized as he takes over leadership of Texas's number one high school football team. And it was created by one man named Peter Berg. Hmm. Uh, So a little bit about Peter Berg. Uh, He was born March 11th, 1964 in New York City, New York, uh, uh, to a U.S. Marine. And then his mother was actually a co-founder for a directory of nonprofit youth-focused charities called uh, Catalog for Giving. Um, and I looked it up. They're still around. And their mission statement is to uh, transform the lives of NYC children and teens who whose opportunities are severely limited by poverty, crime, drugs, and violence. Uh, so okay. kind of an interesting uh, little background there. Uh, But Berg was a student of the Chappaqua school system, uh, graduated from the Taft School in 1980, which is like a college preparatory school. I was going to say, I feel like we've actually talked about that school. Possibly. We've talked about a lot of people from the East Coast, like like the New England area. Yeah. Uh, He attended McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota, majoring in theater arts and theater history, uh, and then graduated in 1984 and moved to Los Angeles uh, immediately after to pursue a career in film where he initially wanted to become an actor. So, but uh, like just due to the nature of the business uh, and also he just really wanted to learn about the industry. Uh, he began as a production, uh, a production assistant as many do. Uh, he did eventually get into acting. He uh, acted in a bunch of features, primarily with some small roles. Uh, I did read that he gained some recognition for playing a world war two soldier in the movie, a midnight clear, which released in 1992 though I don't know the significance of that unnamed World War II soldier in that film and why he would have gained recognition for it. Uh, uh, however, he later decided to like move on from acting and, and work into like the directing and, and creating side and actually ended up making his feature directorial debut in 1998 uh, with a dark comedy called Very Bad Things starring uh, a few big names, John Favreau, Christian Slater, Jeremy Piven, Daniel Stern, and Leland Orser. Uh, although it just sort of received mixed reviews. Uh, I think it I think it debuted at a film festival. Uh, I can't remember which one. I should have written it down. Uh, but it received mixed reviews. Uh, but despite that, he decided to just keep working and directing and creating. Uh, in the year 2000, he created the show wonderland which was like an edgy dramatic television series set in an asylum 
and apparently the ABC show received like rave reviews and eventually garnered a cult following, uh, but it like failed to deliver ratings. And so it was very quickly canceled. I think after just like maybe one season or maybe not even a season. Uh, and so he went on to just continue to create more. Uh, three years later, he directed an action comedy called The Rundown, which starred Dwayne Johnson and Sean William Scott. Uh, and again, received like middling reviews and didn't quite perform well at the box office. So for the most of his like directorial uh, career, he just didn't really get past like average reviews. He didn't get below average, it seemed, but mostly just sat in the middle. Uh, and then uh, in uh, 2003, 2004, he began working on... Uh, his movie Friday Night Lights. And I'm going to pause because I don't know if you're still muted. I just, I can unmute. Still I'm, here. I just stay, I've been staying muted because I'm anticipation of them opening the garage, in honestly. Anticipation. Also, I, I totally just, know this guy. I like, I looked him up and I'm like, holy shit, I know that guy. I know that guy. Peter Berg. Yeah, Peter like he's super, Berg. I know him from acting. Like I did, I would never have known that I would know him from acting. Well, I didn't it, know he, like, was, he uh, didn't have a lot of huge roles. No, he doesn't. But like he, like he's been in a few things I've seen. So I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so in 2004, he began working on his movie Friday Night Lights. But before we get to the actual, or not, not even the show, but the movie. Uh, before we even get to the movie, uh, we have to talk about the book. Which Wait, so the, is, sorry, the movie came out before the show, correct? Yeah, the movie came out okay. in 2004. And the show okay. didn't air until 2006. Um, and Peter Berg directed the movie. Uh, before it. we talk about that, I want to talk about the book that the, that the movie and show subsequent show are based on, which is a book called Friday Night Lights, A Town, A, Dream, a, Town, a Team, and a Dream uh, by the author H.G. Bissinger, who was a, uh, uh, at the time, he was a journalist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and then he was selected as a Harvard Neiman Fellow which if you don't know what that is, it's basically like a uh, like kind of like an invitation from Harvard to like some of the best writers, reporters, editors, and whatnot from around the world to come to Harvard and participate in like, uh, like seminars and talks and uh, like conferences and whatnot to just sort of like increase their knowledge and help like sort of work together um, to just sort of like help each other out. That's pretty neat. Uh, so it's like a really cool like in like initi initiative by Harvard to just sort of uh, develop the careers of these like writers and editors and whatnot. Uh, but while at Harvard, he had the idea to write a story about how important high school football can be to American culture and more specifically rural American culture. Uh, and so after a brief return to the Inquirer, and then this is this was like on the Wikipedia page, I thought it was like this sort of weird humble brag as though Bissinger was writing it about himself. He's like, it's like after a brief return to the Inquirer and winning a Pulitzer Prize, Bissinger set off in search of a community uh, where high school football was the cornerstone. So we want a Pulitzer while at the Inquirer. I say Inquirer. That's not how you pronounce that. It's the Inquirer. Uh, That's okay. We don't to find... you to know how to pronounce things. <laughs> we, we don't. I'm only a professional. Uh, but he set off to find a, like a, a small community where like the whole community is gathered around this, uh, this like high school football. And so that took him to the town of Odessa, Texas, uh, and this, the, the high school Permian high school, 
uh, where he had found out that this team had won uh, four previous championships in 1965, 1972, 1980, and 1984, and just felt that it was a great place to sort of gather his research and, and write this uh, write this story. So he moved his family to Odessa. He spent the entire 1988 football season with the Permian Panthers, players, families, coaches, uh, many of the townsfolk, uh, and sort of to understand the town and its football-mad culture. Uh, and then the Panthers even went on to win in the 1998 high school state championship. Uh, and the book that he wrote at the time was published in 1990, that book being the Friday Night Lights book. Uh it is funny because during 1990, the Panthers football team was actually under investigation for holding illegal off-season practices. Uh, and so there was a lot of anger in the town uh, about like just the situation. And like that anger was just sort of funneled to this book that was about their high school football team. Uh, and so like there was like anger on both sides, I think. But like there was a time where uh, like they were making T-shirts, which just had the, the words Buzz Off Bissinger printed on them. Uh, and I think that's where he got his nickname, which is Buzz Bissinger. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, which is really funny. So he like he like took the hate, and he was like, "Yeah, that's that call me Buzz." Um, uh, but despite all the press, the book uh, actually like did pretty well, and was a, a few years later adapted into a short-lived 1993 TV series, which actually starred Ben Affleck. Uh, and in 2002, so uh, 12 years after the book's publishing. Sports Illustrated named Friday Night Lights the fourth greatest book ever written about sports. Wow, is, that's quite that's the, impressive. Yeah, I don't know how many books there are written about sports, but I imagine it's a lot. So fourth greatest. I imagine it's a lot, especially football. Bad. Let's be realistic. Football has is like in the U.S. In the U.S. Oh yeah, I mean football in general is American I mean, football, it's, not to be American confused with European is, football. Um, but it's huge. I mean, it, it is the be the biggest sport in America is American football. Oh, Great yeah, football, uh, as some might call it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like that's sort of where this story comes from. I just wanted to get into that because, you know, it's like instead of talking about like the background of the show is this book. So I just sort of wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, but uh, in 2003, uh, uh, getting back to the movie, uh, Berg began production on that movie. Uh, and though it was sort of though it was based on that true story uh, about the Permian Panthers football team, the the movie obviously pulled much more drama and excitement, you know, in true Hollywood fashion. Uh, and then went on to receive like really positive reviews. Uh, currently boasts uh, a rating on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, of eighty two percent, which is pretty high. Uh, and it was also recognized as an AFI top ten film of the year in two thousand four when it came out. So it did pretty well. Uh, and following that success, Berg had, uh, like, Berg, like, wanted to touch some storylines from the move, from the book, rather, that he uh, didn't quite get to work with on, uh, in the movie, like, things that just had to get cut or excluded uh, for the sake of, you know, it being just a movie, so only a couple hours long at most. Mm -hmm. um, so he wanted to create this TV show and help like like sort of tell some of those storylines and and sort of lean into more of i think the drama and like really like make it into a show uh, and also just you know in an attempt to sort of capitalize on you know like the the like what people had come to love of like that this high school football team from odessa mm -hmm. uh and so you know uh 
he, he began working on on the show and uh he initiated the while the movie takes place in 1988 the show took place in the present at the time uh and so uh it allowed him to sort of run with those storylines but not be burdened by like like this doesn't have to this no longer has to be a factual story about a team it can be more of a drama and like he can write it as as a show uh and then, uh, you know, he didn't want to just create like a show about football. He wanted to create a show that was like more of a soap opera or like an exploration of human beings and sort of really talk about the town and everything in general. And I think the most notable thing about all of this, to me at least, was that uh, Berg is actually the cousin of Bissinger, who wrote the book. Very interestingly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, so he was like, my cousin wrote a great book. I'm going to use that. That's me. That's mine. <laughs> That's mine. I'm going to get famous for that. Not that Bissinger wasn't famous for it. And I think Bissinger has written other novels that have done really well. So he's got his own success. Hmm. Um, but that's, that's the background of the show. Uh, like, you know, I, I, like I, I wanted to look up more about the actual creation of the show, but I was like, I mean, there's like, everything was based on this book and this movie, which. Yeah. I mean, it's, we've had very varying uh, shows where, the, the content that came prior to the show is far more Impactful. notable for it. It's or, yeah, like far more like, uh, like it has far more influence knowledge. behind the actual creation of the show. Yeah. yeah than exactly. Just talking about I mean, the creation just, of the show. Just otherwise I mean, I this recently. podcast would be Bissinger wrote a book. Peter Berg is his cousin. He made that book into, uh, to a show a movie and then made it into a show. <laughs> but yeah, and that would be it. And that would be it. That would be the end of the podcast. Oh man, they'd be so much shorter. We could make they YouTube shorts. It would do like a. It was like a shorts podcast. That sounds like a great idea. A podcast on just the, but like it has to be a minute long. <laughs> yeah. Minute long podcast. Oh, dude, that we wouldn't daily. Last. Oh god, no! I can't keep anything under a minute. That. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> 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 um, i wanted to say it but i held uh, back uh the show was received pretty well got primarily good reviews from critics um but you know in true peter berg fashion uh it ended up being particularly average in reviews overall uh and despite receiving like critical praise it actually had one of the worst ratings performances of the 0607 television season oh wow um yeah, which is kind of crazy. I mean, it still said like 7.7 .7 million people watched it or tuned into the pilot episode, but apparently that was like one of the worst in that season. Maybe Jesus. they just, uh, but I don't know. Uh, there was a lot of skepticism on like even from the critics of, of the show's like staying power, like ability to run for an extended number of seasons. Uh, and, and like, for example, one writer, Keith Pips, wrote that he appreciated the feel for high school, for the high stakes in what is uh, realistically a small market, uh, the knowing take on the high school caste system, but worried that America was failing to fall in love with the show. Sort of like, I feel like because like the it's show's a great, but like, are people really going to love it? It is. The thing and, for and me I is think... like, it's a very specific part of the country. Like I have never understood the, like that amount, putting that amount of pressure on high school kids for a fucking sport. Oh, I've just yeah. never understood that level of pressure. Well, it's very Texas. It's just a very, it it's a very, very particular very part southern. of the country. It's very, it's not just Texas. I feel like it is very, that that is a very Texas thing, but I think it's also just a very Southern thing. Like I think if you 
I, again, I have, I have no research on this, so I don't really know, but I would assume with how big like college sports are in the southern part of the country, like your college football is for in the southern part of the country, I assume it's very similar for high school. I'd imagine. Like football and like just the general southern part of the country. Either way, um, it's just like I feel like I, I can see why it maybe didn't do as well from the get go because of the sheer fact that like pe- like people of niche. It's a very it's a very specific part of the country that is that way. So it's really hard to watch that and be like, okay, like as yeah. a new show, you're like, uh, okay, like why do I really want to invest yeah, exactly. this much time like, in this high I, school I, I drama? About yeah, <laughs> you know, if you're somebody know. from like California or like or it's like funny the to me the way you were, country where yeah. you don't have that same uh, tenacity for high school football. Yeah. Well, it's funny to me, too, because you said that he wanted to do the show so that he could kind of delve into more people and more characters in the the town of itself. And in my mind, I'm like, the movie was perfect for me because I don't care enough about those people (laughs) to want to know more about them in a format of a show. I like the movie. The movie was great. I got enough out of the movie. A hundred percent. So it's like to me, like the show, it's that I can, I know why I didn't go past the first season when I was watching it. Cause I was like, I don't care enough about these people. I really don't. Truly, truly don't. Truly don't. Uh, I think it's ridiculous that they put this much pressure on high school (laughs) students. And I think it's fucking outrageous. The shit that's happening in this town. If this, like with this being based off of real fucking people. Totally. Well, and, and I mean, you know, I mean, it's it seemingly like in spite of all of that and like the middling reviews and skepticism, the show still ran for a full five seasons, uh, 76 total episodes airing its final episode on uh, February 9th, 2011. Uh, and it, it, it actually after its first season, the show actually dealt with issues from the 2007, 2008 writer's strike. Uh, so I think it had 22 episodes in its first season, was supposed to have another 22, ended up with only like 15 because of the writer's strike. Uh, and then its third season it was cut back to 13 episodes uh, for the remainder of its uh, run and actually moved from um, uh, NBC to DirecTV's 101 network, which I tried to look up and like it sounded like it was like a pay-to-view network, like almost like, a, like, a, like an HBO, like you just had to add it to your uh like subscription kind of like an add-on um mm-hmm. but it was really kind of hard to find because it like it's changed so many times like it's not the 101 network anymore it's the audience network but 101 network is still like owned somewhere else and like like so if i look up 101 network now it's not the same 101 network that this aired on and it was like a deal that nbc had with direct tv to air it on this thing that's fucking confusing but that's where the show finished its five season run it was very hard to tell it's kind of like when Community finished on like Yahoo TV, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, you're like, <laughs> or Yahoo not? Streaming or whatever, which is like not even a fucking thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, it was very. You're young. like, uh, what? <laughs> it was very, it was very confusing looking into it. Like, yeah, like imagine being a fan of the show, and you're like, "So wait, you're not wait, where can I watch on this? NBC?" And so you're gonna make me pay Direct TV for, like, imagine being like, like having like, like uh, I don't know, Comcast or mm-hmm. not yeah like sorry imagine like having like not having direct tv or whatever and you're like uh so now i gotta get direct tv and then pay direct tv for an extra channel and then watch this show on that channel so <laughs> <laughs> like i can't yeah. imagine this show was doing very well by then 
No, like, if, when you network. make it that hard for people to find find it, it's just not going to do well. When you make the like fucking interface of how you find something that difficult, it's inevitably not going to do as well. Especially in a time where like that's kind of a technological technological transition of of shit. Where like oh, yeah. people were just used to like watching it at this time of night on this thing. Like you just you just that's what you know. You watch it on Friday night at six PM or whatever. Now you have to change all that up, but eh, it's too confusing. It's too much. It's too much. It, it yeah, I mean it just gets way too confusing. And in a time where streaming and and that stuff was obviously not around and yeah. like just yeah, just making everything way more difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. Just can't imagine that helps your show. Yeah. But anyway. five seasons, I mean, three oh. three more seasons. So I was after its second season. So I had, it still had three more seasons after that. So somebody was wanting to make the show. And Fair people enough. were watching it. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, like, although I don't know where it went after. Like, like it must have started, like, it must have gone into syndication. I, I should have looked this up because I didn't move to St. Louis until 2011. And so, like, where, where wherever my like high school girlfriend was watching it i have no idea mm-hmm. like i don't know if it was on netflix or whatever <laughs> at the time already or like if it went into syndication and they were they like they just aired episodes and she was like oh i love that show but she like never really watched it in order or anything like that i have no clue <laughs> i don't know i haven't a clue um you want to talk about superlatives i think we should <laughs> yeah, i think we should talk about superlatives because i kind of want to get into like well i mean i i yeah i just want to get into like some stuff about the show that i did, didn't like <laughs> <laughs> wonderful it's weird, uh, yeah that's kind of all i want to talk about um my favorite character was uh smash for some reason <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> bro i don't know why either that was he was my least favorite character <sighs> my i here's here's the thing I didn't feel attached to any of these characters at the end of this episode. That's at the fair. end of watching this, I was like, I truly could care less about these people. <laughs> yeah. I am not a fan. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, like Smash is just the only person that really stuck with me. As, See, to like, me, a he character. stuck with me in a negative fucking way. And I was like, this dude's such a douche. I good or not as sports. Good. See, but like I've like I feel like it's because I've known people like that. I've known people that because they're good at a fucking sport and they're that fucking cocky, like they're they're just so fucking annoying. Like I just I've known those people in real life, so I'm like I just fucking hate those kind of people. But I still thought he was funny, honestly. Yeah, he wasn't funny to me. That's the that's the difference. Yeah, I just I could not find myself connected to anybody. Yeah. So who's I your mean, favorite character then? I picked Coach Taylor or his wife just because I thought his wife was f- like, <laughs> I just love that she's like, we could move to Alaska. We could get the fuck out of here. Oh, she by the way, here's leaves. this house, his and hers closets. Her, I don't know. I just, I liked her, her because closets. like, I feel like she's the only one that's like not all about this bullshit of the football of this town. She's just like, we could just fucking she's go. The only one I connected with. <laughs> She's the only one where I'm like, I feel that. Like, if I, I married a guy that wanted to be a high school football coach in, in fucking Texas, I'd divorce that, that guy. <laughs> you wouldn't marry that guy. I wouldn't have uh, married that guy. <laughs> I, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not I doing this. That. This is ridiculous. I would fucking refuse. I feel that. 
So I, I think it's more so his wife. I, I pick I pick yeah. the wife. I think I think part of the reason I pick Smash is because he did have that sort of redemption at the end where he's just like like he's like as much as he's an asshole, he still kind of loves this team and like Yeah, but I think like, he, he puts like, his differences aside with for from people. Yeah, hundred percent. To your point, he's still a dick and he's still a douche. He's still a douche. And I think if I'm being completely honest too, that actor is also in Grey's Anatomy at one point, And I just like, I feel like I have associated that character too with him. And I'm like, I yeah, just fucking, I feel that. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't. Just can't. Just I just can't. can't. I don't like him. I don't like him. Um, well, I know you already said that he was your least favorite character. My least favorite character was, I, I, just, I, I don't even know if she had a name. I wrote <laughs> that one bitch. Um, is, it, is it the chick that's like with what's his nuts and then and like, then she goes to like she's like yeah. hitting on all the players yeah yeah exactly yeah I, I which ironically like, she's in like, Orville, the orville she plays ed's wife in the orville that actress she plays ed's wife in the orville oh sorry ex-wife oh that's her yeah that's her adrian Palicki. yes that's her mm-hmm god i did not recognize her at all i love the orville i've watched that entire show yeah, I feel like I recognize her because she has a very like particular. Is it a mole or it's like a, a mark? She has like a mark on her like a face, and so I just really noticed God. it. Yeah, how did I not realize that? But she was a bitch in this episode. Oh, she's terrible. She's not a good person in this episode. Not I'm not arguing person. with you there. Not a good person. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite part of this episode, and again, this speaks to how much I just was not really caring or paying attention. Mm-hmm. But there's the part where in the middle of the game, coach says, that's horse crud. And it feels very oh. obvious that they've like, like censored horse shit with crud. Mm -hmm. But there's no reason to have censored it on this. So they censored it for the show when it came out. Yeah. Uh, and then the ref just says, watch yourself, coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like, you're so right. Like, I'm sorry I said crud. Like the weirdest interactions, like watch yourself, coach. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's horse crud. Hey, hey, watch <laughs> hey, it. Hey, hey, watch it. I don't want it's you like, starting to like, whip out anything fuck? else. That's a gateway word. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I had two two picks. So my first pick is also in the middle of that game where the coach is talking to Matt Saracen, the the backup quarterback. Yeah. And he's like, you remember how to beat the coverage, right? You look at where our guys are, you look at where their guys are, and you throw it to our guys. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the insightful information, coach. Really, That's really fucking helpful. Peak and knowledge, then, actually. Yeah. And then the other one is when the main QB at the fucking, like, the day before that, like, dealership event they're at or fucking whatever, and yeah. the main quarterback, Jason Street, is talking to the mayor, and the mayor is like, you can't be polite. You're a really polite boy. You can't be polite tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm like Jesus, fuck. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, so that's those are my two. that sort of leads into my least favorite part. Yeah. And this is the problem with me trying to pick a least favorite part because I didn't like any of it, and I just hate. I wrote the montage effects from throughout the week because I didn't get it. It just felt like they were trying so hard to fill time. They're like, mm -hmm. fuck, we got to fill an hour. <laughs> fuck, yeah. We only wrote 20 minutes of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I right, yeah. we'll just throw some random montages in with some slow music in the background. But then on top of that, just like, like just, just the cringiness of how much pressure they put on these yeah. students. Just was like, why? 
Like, yeah, it went hand in hand for me on that. Me I picked that as well. To succeed. <laughs> no, it makes that me want them to fail so that these people fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, just fuck off, man. Like, it's, yeah, I, I said the same thing. I said the car dealership opening opening because of the level of the stress and how everyone in the town has a fucking opinion on what to, like, do. Yeah. And it's like, bro, you're wearing your fucking high school, like, ring because you won it and you're still in this stupid fucking town doing nothing with your football career. Like, like, Oh, like man. eat a dick it just feel, it just so much exemplifies that like stuck in the past feeling from all of these yeah. adults it's so like, painful it it's like, like the living vicariously through these days. high school yeah it's like the people that say like college is the best years of your life and you're like that's fucking pathetic <laughs> that's look that's really fucking sad that's four years better. of your life if you live to 80 you li- like what that's fucking sad if you say that shit I so think every uh, yeah. year's the best year of my life. Wow, that's crazy. I just have such a good time. Just, you can't help but go up. I can't. I'm just always going up. Yeah. Noodle stars? All that said, I felt... I think I was feeling generous last night because the more we talk about it, the more I want to give it a two out of seven instead of the three <laughs> that I wrote down. But I think I'm going to finally go back and say two. Oh, wow. I don't wow. know why I was feeling generous. But I truly... I just did not enjoy this. This is not my show. Yeah, at all. that's fair. I will not go back and watch this. I think I was also feeling generous last night, more generous than you, because I gave it a five. Because I did watch the first season, and I enjoyed the first season. But like, the more we talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I stopped watching it. Like, I remember why I stopped watching it. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna give it a four. I don't think it, I do think it was a well written. I think there are things that are really well written. I don't think that should punish like the quality of the quality of the show shouldn't be punished by the fact that neither of us understand like why people are like yeah. why this actually resonates with so many people that's fair but that's so, not like, what this podcast is about okay? it's true that's not what this podcast, the podcast is about, is about but giving I also, the facts and then giving our opinions okay <laughs> giving our that's, opinions this is gave true. The, i gave the facts now here's my opinion <laughs> plenty of people like it. our opinion it. means literally where to watch it <laughs> yeah exactly I, like uh, truly I, I do give it four stars, though, because I did watch the first season, and I clearly enjoyed enough of it like to keep watching to the, watch first, the season. first season. But then re-watching this pilot episode, I just fully reminded me of like why I stopped watching it. I'm like, I just don't care enough. Ugh. Part of me was... Because it's not like when I watched when we did The Walking Dead, and I was like, oh, man. I like I literally watched the whole first season when we, oh, when yeah, we did The Walking that, Dead. Yeah. I re-watched the whole first season. I was like, God, this show is still so fucking good. Um, at least the first season. I didn't. I, I definitely stopped watching it because they just ran it for <laughs> way too fucking long. But that being said, like it's this is not the same scenario as that. Yeah. No, so. not at all. No. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, I mean, like just to your point, it was just it's it feels very neat, right? It's a very specific part yeah. of the country that understands this sort of hype and excitement about high school football, and like I think. In, in the same for the same reasons that it didn't succeed probably outside of those areas it didn't do it didn't appeal to us yeah because we are not from those areas we did not grow up being excited about high school football yeah 100 percent. and again the movie was great but that's all i needed so there you go you heard it here first if, you, if movie, you just want a taste show. of it if you just want a taste of it do the movie because you'll get a full are- story and you'll get a full thing Whereas, there like, if you the watch the actors. pilot episode, you're in, there are a few of the same actors. But if you watch the pilot episode, you're going to be left with, like, wanting more, maybe. But if you watch the movie, <laughs> you're going to get a full story. Yeah, that's so. true. Look, I wasn't left wanting more. I was like, 
this works great as a movie. Yeah. Would you like huh? to give out his social security information too? Yeah. One, 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 it's, one, 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 one. It's weird because they actually like gave your dad like the only 11 the digits very of first. social security number. <laughs> and they made and it all ones followed all by ones. a letter B for some reason. <laughs> Isn't it weird that when you turn a date, when you turn an age, that's not the start of your that year around the earth or that year around the sun, but instead that's the finishing date. That's the amount of times you've been around the sun. No, that just is statistically accurate. Yeah, yeah, but I think people think about like, oh, I'm starting my 27th rotation around the sun. And you're like, mm, actually, you just finished your 27th no, you finished year rotation it. around the sun yeah. because you don't turn one until after your first year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're just saying a very obvious yeah, thing. But it's, yeah, but I'm saying it to sound smart. Like a lot of people yeah, on like social media. stupid. You know, like when uh, when I Jayden was today Smith, years old when I realized my twenty seventh birthday is actually the end of my or the end of the, my twenty seventh year and the, the end of my twenty seventh year, the beginning of my yeah, twenty. No, but like it's like when Jaden Smith tweets and says like you know it's how can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? It's like what the fuck? But like if he tweets it, you're like <laughs> is Maybe? that something he tweeted? Yeah, that's like a famous Jaden Smith tweet. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jaden Smith. How can mirrors be How real? Can mirrors be real are, if because they fucking real. are. What? <laughs> no, it's not a tweet. tweet. It's an Instagram post. What is this supposed post. to be like? Pandora's fucking or not Pandora's box? But uh, oh, no, wait, what it it is what's the fucking cat box? Is it? Is it? It's on Twitter. What's what's the box? I'm looking for Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat. Thank you. May first, like? twenty thirteen. Like... Jaden Smith. How can Here's mirrors thing, be real if, if you... our eyes aren't real? All capitalized. <laughs> Not all capitalized. Every word is capitalized. Anyway, uh, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to hear about Ted Lasso? I do. I'm so. I love this show. Please. It is a great show. It's a great show. A little bit of interesting information, and I'm just going to get into it. Okay. The title of the pilot episode is. Oh wait, you know what I didn't ask? What do What do you know about? (laughs) I I got to get back into this. Hang on. Sorry. Yeah. What do you know about Ted Lasso? Refresh. Refresh. You want to hear about Ted Lasso? Wait, wait. Let's just start back over. You want to hear about Ted Lasso? I do want to hear about Ted Lasso. Great. What do you know about Ted Lasso? Uh, he's a guy, um, Mm -hmm. and he's played by Jason Sudeikis. And the first the first episode I ever watched of Ted Lasso was that one you showed me, which is so like. Oh, off yeah. kilt for off kilter about it's from the entire it's season show. two it's beards fucking weird ass it's the most it's the most different episode ever which is honestly like, it is the, the best one... introduction that i could have had going into a show that's already been running for a season and a half that i was planning on watching because there was no spoilers it was this is true fully was... like fully different and separate and like i didn't learn anything about any of the any of the characters so I still got to Except know them beard. all separately. You probably learned a little bit about you beard. Learn, you, yeah, but like but like that's the episode you're supposed to learn about beard. The rest of the show, you yeah. don't know anything about him. Like that's the whole point of that's the episode. That's true, actually. And it's like and it's like like of all the shows of all the episodes that could have come out that week that I was at your house and we watched that episode, that was the perfect one mm-hmm. as somebody who knew he was gonna go back and watch this show. That's so true. I forgot about that. Oh, man. So that's, that's such so a weird great. episode. But that's the first episode I watched, but then I went back. I watched the whole show. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know anything about, like, its creation. I just know it's Jason Sudeikis. And I know it's about, nice. like, you know, an American college football coach who goes to uh, England to do, you know, the rest of the world's football. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's get into it then, huh? 
I'm ready. So the title of the pilot episode is Pilot. Um, the pilot released on August 14th, 2020 on Apple TV Plus. You can watch it on Apple TV Plus with a subscription and nowhere else. And the creators are Brendan Hunt, Joe Kelly, Bill Lawrence, and Jason Sudeikis. That's a lot of For some creators. reason, I'm not... It is a lot of creators. For some reason, on IMDb, Jason Sudeikis is not listed as a creator, and I don't know why. Because every other piece of information I found while doing this research, he is a creator. Interesting. So, I don't know why not, why on IMDb he's not listed as a creator. Doesn't really make any fucking sense Let's to me. Because IMDb he's more of a creator than Bill Lawrence is. I'll say that much. <laughs> like, he's more of a creator than Bill Lawrence is. So, I don't know why he's not fucking listed as one. Doesn't matter. Moving on. The series synopsis is American college football coach Ted Lasso heads to London to manage AFC Richmond, a struggling English Premier League soccer team. The synopsis for the episode is American football coach Ted Lasso is hired by a wealthy divorcee to coach English soccer team AFC Richmond. So pretty much the same fucking thing. Yeah. Slightly different. So I'm going to do the creator's history in order of uh, kind of least amount of information to most. Um, Makes sense. It, yeah, it's like a weird. It's it, like it's both least amount of information and most to also kind of their influence on the the show and the creation and the character as well. Um, granted, now that I say that, Bill Lawrence should be above Joe Kelly because he's like, I'll get into it. So I'm just gonna start with Joe Kelly. So Joe Kelly was born on September 24th, 1972 in 1972 in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Um, there is pretty much no information on his early life or where he went to school or anything like that. Um, some of the information I did uh, led me to find out that he went to uh, be in Boom Chicago, which is a improv club or an improv um, group in Amsterdam. Yeah. We've talked about it before. We've talked about Boom Chicago, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's actually, he was there at the same time that Hunt and Sudeikis were, but I'll get into that. He worked uh, as a writer for SNL, which he actually met just as uh, he, well, actually he would have met them at Boom Chicago. He would have met Sudeikis at Boom Chicago first, but he worked on SNL around the same time as Sudeikis. Um, and then he worked as a writer, story editor, and creative consultant for How I Met Your Mother between seasons three and five. And that's pretty much the extent of information I have about him until we get into Ted Lasso. <laughs> so I mean, it's not that, a bad background though. Like, it's not, not like, terrible. As small as it is, like that's, success yeah success it it, it 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 you know it oh shit it tees up some information that is uh prudent prudent pertinent pertinent um to the creation and everything so bill lawrence was born william van duzer lawrence the fourth nice. <laughs> just really wanted what to a say name. his old name Fucking what a name right name. That's <laughs> right? so perfect <laughs> Um, on December 26, 1968, he graduated from the College of William and Mary, where he studied English. His first writing job was as a staff writer for the short-lived ABC sitcom Billy. He bri- he briefly wrote for the shows. Uh, sorry, he briefly wrote for shows Boy, Me- Boy Meets World, Friends, and The Nanny. The first show Lawrence actually created was on ABC. Uh, it was called Spin City, which I think briefly starred Michael J. Fox. Um, yes, he went on to create. Right. Yeah, he went on to create slash co-create shows such as Scrubs, which was on NBC slash ABC, Clone High, which was on MTV, and Cougar Town. He was involved in three shows that made it to series, including Ground Floor, Surviving Jack, and Undateable. 
And that's the extent of information I have on him until we get to our show, Ted Lasso. We've talked about a lot of those shows. Yes, we have, which is kind of why I wanted to mention him because I, I feel like we've he probably has a little bit more in-depth information. I didn't go back and find out if he really did. I'm pretty sure. Did you do Scrubs or did? I did, did Scrubs. Uh, okay, yeah. So you probably actually talked about him on Scrubs. I mean, the name sounds familiar. Bill Lawrence. Yeah. Are you sure, sure the name William Van Duzer Lawrence the Fourth doesn't sound? I don't think familiar? I said his name William Van Duzer Lawrence the Fourth. I, think I, I don't just think called you did him either because I saw that. I was, yeah, <laughs> I just saw that and I was like, "That's awesome!" Awesome. All right, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so now talking about Brendan Hunt, who actually plays Coach Beard on the show. Um, born June 28th, 1972 in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Hunt graduated from the theater program at Illinois State University. Where um, while there, he performed at the Illinois Shakespeare Festival and completed a week-long masterclass under the guidance of actress Judith Ivy. I almost said Levy. Judith, Judith Ivy, who is a Tony multi-Tony award-winning actress. Um, after getting his theater degree, he studied with sec- the Second City Improv Group in Chicago, which I feel like if we haven't talked about it, I, f- I know I definitely knew about it just based on previous people that were in it, such as... Bill Murray, Gilda Radner, John Candy, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Jordan Peele, Cicely Strong, Stephen Colbert, and like more, even more. Am I supposed to know any of those people? There's no way you don't know (laughs) the first name I said. Literally literally (laughs) every person on that is like one of the big, like of, of the biggest stars out there. After he was in the Second City Improv Group, he headed to Amsterdam and joined Boom Chicago Comedy Group which had people such as Seth Meyers, Jordan Peele, and Jason Sudeikis, all of whom Hunt actually met and worked with while there. He was in Boom Chicago as a writer and performer from 1998 to 2008, which is wildly long. That's like, like, I don't know the extent of like how difficult it was to be in that improv group, but 10 years seems like a really long time for being in an improv group. 10 years of doing improv, like... And writing that stuff and doing that kind of thing. That's impressive because... Like, which is ironic that he was a writer for an improv group, but I feel like, yeah, weird, weird credit, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've like, like improv just always feels like people step into it for a short period of time and then leave. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's, it's just a testament to his, uh, like just to like, what's the term? Maybe I honestly have no idea what you're, trying I don't to know say. what I'm trying to say. I just like, like, like. I want to say, I want to say tenacity, but I don't feel like tenacity is the right word. Also, I've used it already in this podcast. Yeah, uh, get your fucking so vocab out of here. I need to get my thesaurus out. <laughs> yeah, I I but mean yeah, I've, I I feel know. like it I know just kind seems of like a long time to be doing for. improv and like impressive. Yeah. but again, I don't know a whole like I don't I didn't delve into Boom Chicago. I know you've kind we've kind of talked about it, but I don't know the extent of like what Boom Chicago really is. So it's yeah. like they're clearly. They're not just an improv group, right? Like they're clearly like a, more than that. I feel like they're more True. closely like an SNL type thing. Um, I don't know. Um, in 2003, Boom Chicago did a comedy exchange with the Second City performing uh, at their Chicago theater. So those like kind of things overlapped with him. Um, I don't know if he was actually one that that suggested it or what, but anyway, so Boom Chicago, Boom Chicago went to Second City and performed in Chicago, um, at the theater that the Second City won 
performs at. The Chicago Tribune noted Hunt's performance as soccer star Roy Keane calling it the best character of the night. So that's kind of like a little little sprinkle of like his, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say there. Anyway, he wrote after that, uh, after being in Boom Chicago, he wrote a one-man play about his time spent in Amsterdam and called it Five Years in Amsterdam, which is ironic because he was there for 10. Um, he did several projects from comedy docuseries to video game characters, and I will leave it there until we get into our actual creation of uh, Ted Lasso. But maybe he was like, maybe he wrote it after five years and then... I don't know. Yeah, like, there was definitely some. For, uh, I will say, <laughs> while doing my research, there was some competing information. So I'm trying. I was trying to take stuff that seemed the stuff that had, that the, had the most, the like, most backing it, and the most yeah. like corroborating its information. So I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Um. So now moving on to our final creator, Jason Sudeikis, who's the most well known um to the general public. So he was born Daniel Jason Sudeikis on September 18th. 1975 in Fairfax, Virginia. He attended Fort Scott Community College on a basketball scholarship. Never heard of someone going to a community college on a basketball scholarship, but there you have it. He left before finishing, however. In the 1990s, Sudeikis began his career in improv comedy. He began performing at Comedy Sports, now known as Comedy City, in Casey, Missouri, Kansas City. He yeah. moved to Chicago, wow. where he studied at the Annoyance Theater in I.O. Theater, previously in, uh, improv olympic which it literally is still io but i guess they, i don't know it's i don't know why they changed that. i didn't look into that it doesn't matter he went on to perform with boom chicago as previously mentioned where he met uh, brendan hunt and joe kelly um he later was cast in the second city touring company which i don't know if like i don't actually have the timeline for some of this stuff so i don't know if that was like around the time that boom chicago was doing their like a comedy exchange program with second city and that's like where he met them or what but he was later cast in second city touring company and went on to be a founding member of the second city las vegas where he performed at the flamingo um mm -hmm. in 2003 he was hired as a sketch writer for snl and would occasionally make bit appearances such as like you know extra like an extra in the background or a character in the audience that the like uh the host would interact with and that kind of thing and then in 2005, he became a featured player on SNL. He left the show in 2013, or he left SNL in 2013 and has um, done several movies, to name a few, from his earliest to more recent, Horrible Bosses, Hall Pass, Sleeping with Other People, and the Angry Birds movie. And that leads us into... And We're the, the Millers. And We're the Millers, yes. Sorry, I should have put that one in. Um, but, I mean, he's a, he's been in several things. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a, been he's in tons in, of stuff. He's a pretty, and especially with Ted Lasso, he's a pretty household name at this point. Um, so now getting into actual creation and development of Ted Lasso. So supposedly the ter the character of Lasso actually first originated while both Sudeikis and Hunt were at Boom Chicago. Supposedly, um, Brett Hunt was very interested in the culture around uh, European football. And though Sudeikis liked it, he had no f information on the sport, pretty much like Ted Lasso. He just knew literally nothing about soccer in general. So the duo would actually play uh, FIFA together to help Sudeikis understand the game, which is ironic because when I lived with the European guys that I, like, that I used to live with in L.A., we played FIFA all the time, and I didn't know a whole lot about like the rules of soccer until I did that. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. kind of fun. 
Like I mean, it's, it's a great actually, way to learn. It really is a great way to learn the rules of soccer. Um, but yeah, so but apparently in that process of them playing, they kind of played out these characters like of Ted and like the coach and whatnot. Um, this is a weird thing that I found two articles that mentioned it, but that's kind of it. So I don't know how accurate this information is. But apparently, the Los Angeles Time at some point had reported on how an American had never coached a European soccer team. And in parentheses, I put, yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, why? no shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why would you hire a fucking American to coach fucking European soccer? Just fu- I just like, fucking why? Um, but parentheses, supposedly, apparently, yeah, literally in all caps, no, in parentheses, I just said no shit. <laughs> like... Because I'm like, fucking no shit. Um, supposedly, that helped spark the idea for what later on became Ted, the character of Ted Lasso. Um, again, I only found two articles and I cited them in my information, but I don't know how accurate that those statements really are. Um, I couldn't find like an interview where they actually said that. I did find interviews about like Sudeikis and Hunt playing together. I, I found like one where they talked about playing FIFA and how that helped kind of like it, it started the idea of, t- of like Ted Lasso, but like nothing actually came to until much later for the actual character. Um, that being said in 2012, NBC bought the streaming rights to premiere to the premier league for $25 million and quickly realized that Americans could give two fucks about European soccer. <laughs> and so in an attempt to uh, get Americans into soccer and hopefully wanting to watch European soccer and Premier League soccer, they actually hired Sudeikis to help uh, write an advertising campaign. Sudeikis basically was like, yeah, I don't, I, I can't do this without Brendan and Joe because they know far more, or at least Brendan knows far more about European soccer than I ever will. So he brought them on to help write, um, to help co-write the Premier League advertising campaign for NBC Sports, which featured, which was the first um, incarnation of Ted Lasso being actually a character that people saw on their televisions. Um, he was featured, Sudeikis was featured as Lasso as the head coach and Hunt as the assistant coach, just like they are in the show for the Tottenham Hotspurs. Tottenham um, Hotspurs. Tot- yeah, sorry. You said that's, that way. Uh, that's my roommate's favorite team is Tottenham. Oh, okay. Thank you for saying it better than me. Um, if you want to watch these videos, you can actually search on YouTube. Just search Ted Lasso NBC Sports or Ted Lasso first version of Ted Lasso. Like if you just Google that or if you put it into YouTube, you'll find it pretty quickly because um, they're still very easily accessible. Um, after this set of commercials aired, the trio actually went on to develop the character further. Um, something if you do end up watching the uh, the commercial, the campaigns, they switched like Lasso's character is kind of a, a little more abrasive and a little more like intense. Whereas like the Lasso we know now is far more charismatic and upbeat. And that was something they really, they focused on changing after the commercials. Eventually, they brought on Bill Lawrence to help them develop and sell the project, which is why I don't understand why Bill Lawrence is listed as a creator on IMDb and Jason Sudeikis isn't because (laughs) the actual creation of the character and these people and like the, the idea around it is originated from the trio of Brendan Hunt, Joe Kelly, and Jason Sudeikis. That being said, Lawrence did do a, a lot to help them develop the show and sell the show, um, having the most experience with just 
overall creation, being a creator of shows and like working with um, varying uh, networks and such. Uh, in a 60 minute interview, Lawrence emphasized that anyone who thought it was going to be a big hit of a show was definitely lying. Like at this point, when they were just trying to sell the show, they like it was not going well. In that same interview, Sudeikis, Hunt, and Kelly um, were asked how it went when they were trying to shop the show around, to which I think it was Hunt said, What is the opposite of a bidding war? <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, like, it didn't go well. Like, so, like, people thought it was a great idea for a sketch they thought it made a great commercial but the concept of actually turning it into a series just didn't make sense to people hunt recalls um that when he was speaking to lawrence about like this show and the concept of it and like where they could take it he basically in in hunt's words he basically pounded on the table and said this is not a soccer show this is a workplace ensemble comedy which oh, yeah. is very, very true. Very true. It's very true. It's, it has quite literally barely anything to do with with the soccer, the sport itself. It has far more to do with the people surrounding it, um, which I feel like, though, is similar between our two shows. I f- like it's also very much not in the fact that like your show just in general is like all about the importance of the sport in this town. But also, it, yeah, it like, is it is about of... the people. It's, like, a weird... It's, it's like, it's not about... Like, it is about the people, but it's not to the extent of this, right? Like, they care so much about the soccer or about the football in, in your show. And in this, they, like, barely fucking ever touch the sport. And, like, it's, like, like, the importance of it, honestly. Until, honestly, like, really until, like, the second season. But even still... Um, that's kind of the creation of the show in general. I could not find anything about how they got Apple TV to pick it up, um, which was really annoying because clearly, like as said in these interviews, when they were shopping it around, like no one wanted this show. No one wanted to fucking touch it. So I don't know why. What I kind of found out is that like Apple wasn't doing great. Like Apple TV plus wasn't doing great when it was starting, which I think it started in 2019, if I'm correct. Yeah, I mean... I'm trying to and think, like their like, main sorry their main show was like the morning show and that did like okay but not great so i think they were just really looking for new and different shit and apple tv actually now i believe has the streaming rights to um soccer at least in in the u.s i believe i don't know i don't know if they have any european streaming rights but i know that they have like the American soccer league streaming rights. I think Sorry, so. I mean, the ML, like the MLS. I was just going to say, I was just going to reiterate the fact that like, I don't remember like really anything feeling interesting on uh, Apple TV mm-hmm. um, until Ted Lasso came out. Yeah. And it is what truly ended up putting Apple TV on the map. So I, I don't know if Apple TV was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go for it. Like, like nothing it can't hurt to give it a go because they're already they had launched yeah so they launched in november of 2019 is when apple tv plus launched um and one of its very first show like its premiere originals was the morning show which again did okay but wasn't like didn't put the the streaming platform yeah. on the map by any means um and for what it's worth i just logged into apple tv and they yeah they have ml season mls season pass which is the thank you the, that's yeah, MLS. like north american uh, soccer league 
a professional yeah. soccer league. Which, granted, that like came after Ted Lasso, but still, it's like, it's just, it, yeah. I I, do, I, mean, I, I truly, I wish I could. Is truly getting bigger in America because of Ted Lasso. I mean, like, like say Lasso, what you will about the fact that Messi's here now, and you're like, wait, what? Oh yeah, I mean. I mean, like it was. It's similarly like when David Beckham joined the LA Galaxy, right? Yeah. It's like it's like oh, all of a sudden, a lot of people are like kind of interested in the LA Galaxy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, just kind of getting back on track. I don't like well a little bit back on track, but also on that. I I remember seeing the like commercials, the NBC commercials with Jason Sudeikis, because I actually thought it was an SNL skit when I first saw it, because I didn't see it like on I TV. Too. I saw it on YouTube. On, on youtube i just said on youtube on YouTube. Um, i remember seeing it on youtube and i thought it was an snl thing i honestly until i did this research i didn't realize this was actually a campaign for nbc sports because they paid 25 million dollars and were like oh nobody in the u.s fucking wants to watch soccer what yeah i mean that's <laughs> which what honestly about i mean today. though i saw it it didn't make me watch fucking european soccer i'll tell you that much um which even still i wouldn't watch it i'll play fifa but i don't want to watch it um the pilot episode had positive reviews i couldn't find anything written outside of a really extensively long written review about how the pilot episode was just the start of things and you could tell that because of how much the weight of uh oh my god what is oh my god what is uh i'm blanking on her name what's what's the owner's name Rebecca. Why? Rebecca, thank you. I almost said <coughs> I Erica and I knew it was actors and actresses. No, name. no, the character. Anyway, it, the, either way, the review was a really extensive review, basically saying this show is going to be really good. No, nice. Despite people being like, it's not good. And it's interesting because a lot of the stuff around it, like a lot of things while I was researching this, was why, like, I, I was mostly researching, like, how was, like, Ted Lasso pilot episode received? And a lot of, like, things that popped up, which I didn't end up clicking on. Um, but a lot of things that popped up were kind of like, why does Ted Lasso work in the United States? Why this? Why that? The cast on why Ted Lasso works for like US viewers. And it's like, honestly, because it's a fucking good show and it's not about the soccer. It yeah. really isn't. It's about the people. And that's why it does well. Um, that being said, a little bit of like fun facts kind of information on some of the actors. Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent, was originally hired as a writer, and apparently on his last day in the writer's room, he sent in an audition tape to Lawrence in an email that said, if this is embarrassing, you can pre- pretend you never got it. Um, so I don't know who was auditioning for Roy Kent prior to that, if anyone ever did. Apparently, while Goldstein was writing on the show, he really resonated with Roy Kent's character and was like, oh, I could totally play this guy. Um, yeah, and well, that's why he, he, sent he it continued in. to write for the show yeah he still wrote for the the entirety of the yeah like but i think and i i saw an interview on this uh one time uh i think it was brett goldstein and brendan hunt uh and he was like like yeah i was writing for the character and we hadn't found it yet and i was like this this feels like me like i could do this Mm -hmm. like that's what he did like that's what he realized while writing for the character and so like like that's what made it work so well. Yeah. But also Brett Goldstein's voice is so different from Roy Kent's voice. Oh, it really is. So I, Brett Goldstein actually also has, while I was doing research, I found out he has a podcast as well. Um, And his voice, it's funny because the intro for his podcast is like his Roy Kent voice. But when he's actually talking on it, you're like, that's, that's not the same. That's not even remotely the same voice. 
he sounds it's so like different. super light and nice and not like super brooding and dark <laughs> um which is kind of it's cool cool to see something i found interesting too just about roy kent's character is that it is based off of a soccer player named roy Keane. um i mean he was a soccer player coach as well but that is actually the same football player that uh hunted actually uh portrayed his version of in that when i remember when back when i was talking about his history and oh, how yeah. he they did the comedy exchange with second city that was the character that brett hunt actually played in that chicago uh like the boom chicago second city comedy exchange that the chicago tribune was like this is like the best character of the night so i find it interesting and i'm curious like i don't believe there's any footage of it because it's like an improv thing right and it's not mm -hmm. like you don't film that stuff but i'd be really interested to see like what brett hunt's original take on like that roy Keane character was and like how different he is from roy kent and that kind of thing but anyway um Another fun, weird fact, uh, both Nick Muhammad, played by, uh, who ultimately plays uh, Nathan, and Phil Dunster, who plays Jamie Tart, they actually both auditioned for Higgins, which oh, is fucking <laughs> crazy to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Like, they both, more than anything, they both just seem way too young to have ever played Higgins. Um, well, and I think let that's alone just, the character that just speaks of Higgins. to how well the actor who played Higgins played Higgins. Oh, yeah. Higgins, right. was, yeah truly yeah um supposedly jamie tart's character was also supposed to be latin american and was supposed to be played by uh christo chris christo fernand i think that's auto corrected christo fernandez fernandez yeah it's sorry auto corrected to but not the fernandez, one who went on to play who plays danny rojas danny rojas um yeah. but apparently when uh Phil Dunster read for Higgins. They asked him to also read for Jamie Tart, and the casting director Theo Park insisted that Phil play Jamie Tart and that they switch him from being Latin American. Um, so that's like that also just shows the power of like a, like how important a casting director is because they're like this that changed the entire makeup of that character with the casting oh, yeah. director like being like nah like this dude's got to play Jamie Tart. Um. Which you ultimately also have to love the like malleability from like writers and and creators oh, yeah. to like be like so, I mean I trust my casting director so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this change yeah and it's amazing to see that because it's also I think truly what made the show work so well because you're just totally. like this that totally works that's a fucking brilliant thing to have seen um, that's kind of the extent of all my uh, information as far as the future of the series it ran for three seasons. Um, three perfect seasons. I know some people wanted more, but I'm like, some shows just three seasons is just enough. And that's, that yeah. was the very much the truth for Ted Lasso. As of right now, there's no planned spinoffs or anything like that. But, you know, I wouldn't hate to see like a little refresh and see how Roy Kent's doing like five years from like when he took over for, for a AFC Richmond and that kind of thing. That'd be kind of cool to see. Um, it would be, I but, think, honestly, I think I'd be more interested to see, uh, a spinoff of like Ted Lasso going back to American, like with all the new knowledge that he's had and like coaching. Like yeah, an I guess to me, like Ted's story is like complete. Ted's, and I feel Ted's like, story is complete, but like, like I feel uh, like you could, we could learn more about Roy. Cause though actually, like he, though he's like his like story from player to coach to like, you know, his whole thing that's complete. Like, it'd be really cool to see kind of how he really is now as a head coach and like that kind of thing. 
for me personally. I want to see Roy Kent coach an American football American football team. That's actually that's yeah, I like that idea. (laughs) That's um but yeah, that's that's all I got as his assistant coach. Yeah. In the same way that uh Lasso brings beard. But this casting was perfect. Like like we talk about how much casting is important in a lot of these shows, especially like I mean in the same way that like The Office or Parks and Rec or like other shows like Office dramedies like this office show is all about the cast and the chemistry it's all about how well the characters can mesh together because we need to trust that they have these true relationships uh for the show to work Mm -hmm. and so like the importance of that casting director seeing certain things like going uh this guy has to play jamie tart he's the perfect jamie tart um we need to like bring in cristo fernandez to do somebody else Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, like, like that's what makes it work so perfectly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, one other thing, sorry that I forgot to mention, there was a random special, uh, like holiday special they did that was a claymation Ted Lasso called the Missing Christmas Mustache. I've personally never seen it. I think you can watch it on. That is interesting. From what it looks like, you can actually only... I'm sure you can probably find it on YouTube, but on here, it looks like it's still something that you can only find on uh, Apple TV. So. I've never but, seen it on Apple TV. I know, me either. But I, I remember it, but... in my research, I had seen something about that. And when I was talking about the future of the series, I forgot to kind of mention... like That is... It's crazy, that. though. <laughs> yeah. So. Claymation. Yeah. The case of the missing mustache. All that being said, you want to you want to talk superlatives? Yeah, we can just talk superlatives. Cool. Uh, I yeah, my favorite character, Coach Beard, hands down. Coach Beard, he's a great just so character. great in this first episode. Like as much as I, it's really like if I think in the show in its entirety, I don't know that I actually could choose a favorite. But for the pilot episode, Coach Beard is definitely my favorite. I yeah, I mean for me, Coach Beard was up there, but my favorite character was actually Keely in this episode that's fair like, yeah that's I a good one see her for a brief period of time but like she's just so genuine like right off the bat and like she meshes so well with ted it's like after like like everything you've seen about ted being hired is everybody's already over him like how dare they hire an american for this team and keely just comes in and is like i like you you're cool yeah you seem like Let's a good person just like instantly just like keely just doesn't care she's like yeah like I don't care about you as a coach or anything else. I just I've met you now and you're a good person. <laughs> that's a good that's a good pick. That's good that's a good character for sure. Um least favorite character I kind of I, I yo-yoed a bit. Ultimately in this episode and like this episode alone, I picked Higgins because of kind of the as much as I kind of wanted to pick Rebecca, I also didn't hate her as a character because I, I get I I understand where she's coming from. Because of the shit in her life and everything going on. Is it good? No. And does she have a great redemption in season one? Yes. But in the first episode, I even when I first watched it, I remember not hating her. Like, I didn't dislike her character by any means. And Higgins, you just don't get a whole lot of information on. He's not quirky and goofy and funny yet. And as much as he's trying to, like, play this sincere person that, that does care about the football club, and he does, and you learn that, he also did 100% like there's that moment at the end of the episode or towards the end of the episode where Rebecca is like, I know that this is going to put a lot of stress on you, but 
I can't imagine it was any worse than hiding all those women from me for Rupert. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. like that's a brutal scene. It's a brutal thing, but it's at the same time. I'm like that. Yeah. You like you're pretending to care about all these things, but at the same time, you don't really care, like care about Rebecca in these moments. And like, you just helped this piece of shit guy cheat on his wife for years. And I'm like, that's, that wasn't a part of your job description. So. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I was, I was between the same two people, but I ended up going with Rebecca Mm -hmm. because I feel like she's being way too petty in this episode. I agree. She's very petty, but it's, I think part of it is knowing that like, like eventually she becomes such a good person that I'm like, why are you acting this way? You're not this type of person, Mm -hmm. you know, like now. And so it's hard to watch it without thinking about that. Um, Uh, but yeah, it's just like, uh, like similar, like similarly to what you were saying about like Higgins, it just feels like, like she is just like, she's everything she's saying about Ted in positivity is all fake in the, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like she truly does not feel positive positivity. Yeah, about she doesn't Ted care about all. him. She definitely, she's yeah. hundred percent. And so it's I like, it makes with every scene with Ted, like feel that much like harder to watch, you know, which is so like, funny. You know, Cause Ted's for fully me, genuine and he's there and he's yeah. like being so nice. And like to for me, her to just be like, like, Oh, I hate him. And I'm yeah. waiting for him to fail. I want him to fail. See, I don't even think to me, it's like, I don't think she even hates him. Like she just, she's indifferent about him. She quite literally just hired him because she wants him to fail. Right. And though that's a super fucking shitty thing. I like, I just, to me, it's like, I can understand where she's coming from enough to the, like, not like to this extent. And again, she has a redemption and that's, I mean, and it's probably also, it's really hard for me to not let the redemption change my opinion on her but i just i'm trying to remember back to the first time i watched this and like the first when i first watched it and i just i don't remember hating her i remember kind of like being like who's this fucking higgins guy i'm like why is he why did she keep him on why did she not fire him like is she also trying to like torture him by making like having him stay and having him do these things like he did for rupert i don't know but like ultimately i remember being kind of like "Eh," about higgins I mean, I also kind of remember being like irritated by Roy, but you don't get enough of Roy in the first episode to like really be able to pick him as someone. Yeah, no, I get that. For I that, mean, so it's, I mean, we were between the same two people, so yeah, yeah, but yeah, so but yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. they played the so well. Yeah, there is no um, least favorite character on the there's entire a, show, though. in the entirety They're of the all series. Fucking fantastic. There's yeah. It's really, there isn't a bad character in this show. I mean, if you really wanted to pick one, Jamie's dad is a piece of shit, oh, but he's not in enough of the show. Jamie's dad a piece of shit, but yeah, he's not but like really there's enough not enough of him to, to be character. able to give him that recognition. He doesn't get to even have, be on the list of least favorite characters because he's not in enough of the show for yeah. him to matter. So, um, favorite part. Uh, I picked two again. It's, I don't know. It's hard. Classic. Set, it was classic a setup. <laughs> classic. Um, setup and payoff of uh, the fitting the the term into touch into a conversation uh, when they talk about it on the plane, and then when he actually fits it into conversation to when Beard actually pays him for it, and Ted's like, "What's this for?" And he goes, "Into touch." <laughs> and I thought <laughs> I just love that. That's just like it's a perfect example of the comedy of the show. Yeah. Um, and then. 
another perfect example of the comedy of the show is when Ted spits the water all over the place during the interview. And then afterwards, when he's drinking like just plain water, he's like, see, I'm fine when there's no bubbles in it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it just cracks me up. Cracks me up. It just cracks me up because I'm like, fizzy water is like a thing in America. Like, it's not like this is an uncommon thing. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's just like. Ted's so set in his ways sometimes yeah. about like the things that he enjoys. He's yeah. so open to other things, but like when it comes to like, like, Oh, I'm just going to drink this water. I think you're just expecting it to be flat water. Be and then water, ending yeah. up being fizzy water. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. 100%. Not what I was expecting. Uh, yeah. My favorite part was the whole media scene. I love it all. Yeah. yeah I love fair. like the chaos of it all. And like, like how Ted's literally just answering every question. I love the little hint that you get towards Ted's panic, like panic attack issues. And, mm-hmm. and like, you don't even realize what it is at the moment. Cause you're thinking it's just stress. It's not like, yeah, because issue, they're just, obviously you get yeah. the payoff way later in the show, but mm-hmm. um, another good like example. The, the realization. Of um, but like, yeah, it's, it is, uh, it is an amazing um, scene overall. And I, I mean, you know, I love Trent Krim as a person. Yeah. I mean, you've literally gone as him for Halloween, so I was try. I did go as him for Halloween one year. Um, uh, but yeah, I love I love Trent Krim. It's just like, is this a fucking joke? (laughs) Is this a fucking joke? Yeah, I just have Uh, one question. Uh, least favorite part. I just hate when Ted is on the phone with his wife, and you just see. Yes, I picked that too. Yeah, it's just like, what did I say? What What I do? And it's like. This just breaks my heart because you have no real information as to why. Yeah. Either like, you know what's happening and you're inferring it, but you're also like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know this character, but it sounds like, like how could anybody dislike this guy? Yeah. Oh, it's just so it hurts. Cause you're like, Oh, he's like, no, I am giving you space. I love you. No, you don't have to say it back. And I'm like, ah, that hurts me so much. Sorry. Noodle Stars, though, seven, oh, obviously. Seven. So seven. Such a good fucking show. Seven all the way. Yeah. 100%. Seven out of seven. Seven out of we, seven. I feel baby. like it does need to be reiterated every once in a while. The good Noodle Stars are out of seven. Yes, that should be reiterated. Like, we, we sometimes just give a number and don't, and That's true. like, don't really talk about what it's out of. Uh, Maybe we do more often than I think, but like just because this is the first episode of the next of this fourth season of ours, uh, our good news stars are on a seven point basis because I don't know. I just picked a random number. All right, guys, thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate every one of you for taking the time to do so. If you don't currently, be sure to follow us on your podcasting platform of choice as well as on Instagram at Back to the Pilot so you know when new episodes get released. And while you're here, leave a review and let us know how we're doing. For our next episode, we return to some classic animations with The Bugs Bunny Show and Animaniacs. We hope you had a fantastic time listening, and we'll see you next time when we take you back to the pilot. So long, everyone. Goodbye. Have a beautiful time. Goodbye. I nailed it. You did nail it. That was a boom and nailed it. I hate feeling nasally. It sucks. No, it does. It's like the worst because it's like I can breathe fine, but it's like it's back there. You know, I can feel it. Yeah. That's the worst and I, part. I mean, I can hear it. So it's up there. It's there. It's fucking there. Maybe I'll try and take a decongestant and see if that works. There you go.